specifically today, uh, and I know it's going to be helpful. It's going to be helpful for the vision of both of our houses, but it's going to be helpful for your personal life because we're going to talk about today not only how to go in, but more specifically, we're going to talk about how to stay in, how to stay in. And uh, if, if you're sorting through what I'm really teaching about today, amen, today I'm going to teach you how to harvest, how to harvest. Because a big part of staying in is continuing to harvest. Let's face it, anything you get is as good, amen, as your ability to maintain it and keep it. And maintaining and keeping it has everything to do with continued flows. Continued flows coming in. Being, being able to harvest well on your job. How many of you want to be a great employee? Yeah, you want, you want to be outstanding because guess what? That makes them want to keep you. That's how you stay in. And, and one of the ways the bonus out is you keep on winning new contracts in business. Good to see you, Joe and Nicole. And what's going to end up happening? They're going to they gonna bonus you out, right? Yeah. And they're going to keep you on staff. So once you get the job, amen, once we get in our new churches, once we do all these wonderful things, we, we need the revelation of how to stay in. Isn't that good? Now, even before we start to talking about some other mechanics about uh, do this, do that, call up the harvest of seed song, things that I know my brother has already taught, let's just cross the bridge of first things first, and we're going to the Bible, but first things first, your talent can take you where your character can't keep you. So a big piece of staying in one-on-one is to be an upstanding Christian. To be a person of integrity. To be a husband married to one wife. Amen. Is anybody in the room today? Yeah. To be a non-liar. Yeah. Upstanding character. Th those things, amen, are crucial for any Christian that wants to stay in a certain spot. Yeah. Now, I'm going to tell you something. The world can do that stuff and, quote, unquote, get away with it yeah. for a season because they are not on God's tab. I'm getting ready to teach a series. I had already started working on it back at home, but it comes out of Psalm 109. Back at my home church, I'm getting ready to be talking about this soon enough. Amen. But uh, I let it leak out here and there. But how to keep your place. When you get a place, how to stay in it. Yeah. What qualifies you to stay in that spot? Because we do know down through the years and through Scripture, there are many people, mama, that lost their place. But I think fundamentally and foundationally, happy birthday. Amen. A lot of that really does come back to character. I talk to my pastor brother all the time, and I, this is what I love him so much and love about his ministry. I'm not talking about his church. I'm talking about who he is in his ministry. Down through the years, it has not mattered, amen, how muddy the environment was that we were in. His character was always upstanding. Always. It's just who he was. Didn't compromise, didn't take down, didn't do certain things because other people were doing it. And I believe, fundamentally, I believe that's why he's so blessed today, Dwayne. I do. I, I believe that's why stuff works. I believe that's why God helps him. And so many things get done. So before we even go to Scripture, and I can tell I have your attention, this, this sprung up out of my heart. Just to remind somebody, first things first, you got to be an upstanding person. No good thing will I withhold from them that walk upright, upright before me. Yeah. So in order for good things to come, and I don't think it's a stretch of the scripture, and in order, dear, for good things to stay, there's a curtain, certain Melvin disposition that we got to keep. Isn't that right, Mel? We just got to keep that, right? So we're going to talk about today, amen, <clears throat> sustainability. And I know I've given you three or four different subjects, but I'm going to give you my golden text, and this we're really going to put our subject together. Go to Haggai, because we've been dealing with Zerubbabel's temple all week. And so I'm going to finish my assignment here. If you'll go to Haggai, and I believe it's going to bless you real good. I believe it's going to bless this ministry significantly going forward. Amen. After we leave and all go back home, I believe this will be a deposit, a word that will keep working. Amen. In the midst of, of this, this wonderful church. Amen. And so in Haggai <clears throat> chapter 2, 
The Bible says in verse number 18, and again, this was Rubabul and all his people who had moved into their temple now, and, and, and great things have occurred. And so you had Zerubbabel on the scene. You had Ezra, who was a scribe, right? You had all these people who had been led back from Babylon, and they had come out, and they had come into, everybody say, that's us. They, they, they were in their going in conference, amen? And Haggai was a guest preacher that night. Amen. And in verse number 18, uh, Sister Autry, he stands up and, and he, he, he kicks his message off. You know, he was teaching the people about the coming glory of the Lord. Y'all love verse number eight. Everybody loves that. The silver is mine. The gold is mine. And the glory of the latter house is going to be what? Greater than that of the former. Everybody loves that verse because he, you know, by that time he was probably hooping it out. Amen. He was bringing it home. But man of God, he gets to this verse and it fascinated me and I knew it was for us. I knew it was for us, our churches. Verse 15 says, and now, because he's talking about the promised blessing, carefully consider from this day forward. Everybody say after the conference is over. Somebody say next Sunday. He said, carefully consider from this day forward. From before stone was laid upon stone in the temple of the Lord. So before we even got here or now that we are here, now that we got a building, all those wonderful things are happening. And we starting to talk about television and, and how many of you glad that the man of God going to be all over Houston and abroad and abroad and everything in between. Just, just, just the next launching pad as the Lord should lead him. But now that we have put clothes on the, on the vision and we got brick and mortar, a place to legitimately call home, he said, carefully consider some things uh, uh, that, uh, that I want you to keep in mind. And jump down to verse number 18. Consider now from, everybody say, this day forward. And from the 24th day of the ninth month, from the day of the foundation of the what? Lord's temple was laid. He said, consider this. And man of God, this is my subject, and we're going to have some fun today. He said, is the seed still in the barn? And that's what I want to deal with. Is the seed still in the barn? Because now that we're in, we got to know how to stay in. But is the seed still in the barn? Now, Pastor Roger, you got to bring clarity to that because that, that's not making much sense just yet. You, you got to really break that down so we understand this revelation of the seed still being in the barn. Is the seed still in the barn is relative to the fact that God is ready as he goes on to this, do this verse to say that from this day forward, I will bless you he talks about the fig tree, the pomegranate, and the olive tree that have not yielded fruit, things that have not come into fruition yet. And as a preface to all of that, he says, is the seed still in the barn? In other words, is your potential still unleashed? We got a building, but is the seed, two places we going to harvest in, is the seed of evangelism still in the barn? Come on. Have we not yet made deposits in 12 different people that we know in our sphere of influence and encourage them to get here as fast as they can? Is the seed still in the barn? Two places of harvest. Financially, have you given your best seed? Or is the seed still in the barn? Because once you get in, in order to stay in, how many of you know you got to keep harvesting? You got to keep the harvest of souls. And quite frankly, practically speaking, you got to keep the harvest of money. You got to keep it going. And in order for that to happen, the seeds, take your time, Gabe, that are in the barn at some point got to be planted. They got to be in the ground. They can't. Anybody here would assume that a seed can stay in the ground and you could wake up next fall, whenever next harvesting season is, since we're in planting season again, and, and assume that you're going to go out there and harvest a crop. Anybody assume that that's going to happen, mom, while the seed is still in the ground is a fool. It doesn't make sense to expect a harvest where I have not planted. Is the seed still in the barn? Is the seed still in the barn relative to your assignment and your purpose? 
relative to what God has called you to do and how you are to impact the kingdom of God. Because as long as the seed is still in the barn of your heart and has not manifested around you, how many y'all know the produce from that seed, the, the harvesting from that seed is not going to happen? Am I doing okay this morning? Do you understand the concept? So is the seed still in the barn? We like to talk to our neighbor. Go ahead and ask them that question. Is the seed still in the barn? Amen. Have, have you put the seed in the ground yet? Is the seed still... In the barn. Why is that important? Pastor John chapter 4, verse number 35 through 38 says, Do you not say there are still four months and then comes the harvest? Behold, I say to you, lift up your eyes and look at the fields, for they are already white for harvest. Do y'all see that? He said, Look at the fields and understand that they're already there. They're already white for harvest. Now, they, they, you know, Haggai said, many of you say in your heart, amen, that now is not the time. And then he went on to say, well, is it the time for you to lie in your paneled houses while the house of God lies in ruins? And it's very important. The house of God lying in ruin does not mean the house of God is not fit it up. The house of God doesn't have new carpet, doesn't have new paint. The house of God doesn't have good air conditioning. That is not all that that verse means. The house of God lying in ruin also means that the seed of evangelism is still in the barn and I've not brought the house. Y'all remember that from the other night? We are the house. I've not brought the other houses that are in ruin to the house of God where they would get better where they would grow in the grace and knowledge of Jesus Christ. So ask your neighbor again, is the seed still in the barn? Is, yeah, because the harvest is ripe, Matthew 9 and 37. The harvest is plentiful, but the laborers are few. So pray ye to the Lord of the harvest that he will send forth laborers into his harvest. I'm talking about two harvests today. Amen. Both of them should bless you. Anybody here love evangelizing? Yeah, you know, preaching on evangelizing should bless us. Isn't that right? Isn't that the thing that Jesus cares about the most? Is that not the last thing he said? Go and make disciples. Tell your neighbor, this is not a sad message. Tell your neighbor, this is not a reproof. Amen. This is something for us to be excited about because the more seed we put out there, the more crops we're going to bring in, the more favor we're going to experience, and the higher in God we're going to go. Somebody shout hallelujah. Hallelujah. But pastor, that's just the first level. The second level I know will bless some of you individually because we're also talking about your individual harvesting. We're talking about what you're supposed to have in life. We're talking about what you're supposed to be walking into, man. Amen. We are talking about what God has in store for you. Because he said, listen, it's a seed in the ground. And then he started giving them promises of blessings. He said, your olive tree haven't yielded yet. This is revelation, which means you have planted the olive tree. <laughs> the olive tree has grown up, but you just need to call in the fruit of the... Can I say it real easy? All this money we've been given... Since the inception and the kickoff of this vision, there ought to be some multi-deca hundred thousand times over meaning No, your tree is up. It's just time to harvest. Come on. That's what Haggai 2 and 19 said. He said, no, the trees are up. He said, it's here. So he's challenging their mindset when he says, but is the seed still in the barn? <laughs> the seed ain't in the barn, y'all. That question, read it, study it. It's rhetorical. He's saying this, y'all, the seed ain't in the barn. You understand what you have sown? The seed ain't in the barn. Your coworkers that you have planted the word of God in relative to this great church, they're ready to come. Yeah. But it was with the fear of God we persuade men. Yes. That is passion. That means that I got to circle back on Tuesday and say, have you thought about, amen, that conversation we had a couple of weeks ago? Furthermore, did you read that mini book, amen, on the, on the four misunderstandings of healing? What questions do you now have having read how to not let the flu catch you? He doesn't write those books for his help. He's been known for years how to not let the flu catch him. What do you think? Right? 
That's a publication. So the seed of that book that you handed out, amen, needs to be nourished and nursed to come into a crop. And we got olive trees. Go back, read Haggai 2.19 when you have time. We got anointed people, olive trees around us all the time, ready to become kingdom participants, fruitful for the body of Christ, get in their assignment so they can enhance what we're doing. And all we need is some people to go and pick the olives. Yeah. And bring them in the kingdom of God. Am I doing okay already? Because the harvest is, is right. And the labors are few. Do not say there are still four months and then comes the harvest. God, I will not leave Houston, Texas. And I'm just going to be candid with you. After giving upon giving and giving again and go back to Charlotte and not expect my life to dramatically change. I was not putting a show on last night when a man of God said, sowing something out of every account. Do you all understand how many accounts I got? And the amount that I decided to sow out of every account. So now you have got to be the most lost person on planet Earth. If you think I'm going to put all those checks in the offering and go home and just say, I just enjoy doing that. No, I expect. See, I'm trying to teach you how to harvest. I, I expect something different. To begin to occur over the next few weeks and, and months of my life. I expect that suddenly and immediately because the seed for me is not, it's not in the barn. Is that all right, Nicole? The seed ain't in the barn, man of God. My expectation for harvest is, is, is exorbitantly high. And, and I decree any minute now there's a brand new zero in our bank account because the seed is in the ground. Somebody shout hallelujah in the house of God. Well, Pastor Roger, you already got a lot of zeros. I want one more. I wish I had some help. I want more. Everybody say more. Psalm 115, may the Lord increase you how? More and more. Psalm 112 and 3, wealth and riches are where? In your house. Open up your mouth wide and I will fill it. You establish it and it will come to pass. Hallelujah. Woo, Jesus. Tell your neighbor, I understand now. Tell them, no, my seed ain't in the bar barn, no, my, my seed ain't in the barn, no. My seed is in the, in the ground. I got some crops. Woo, Jesus. Boy, we're going to increase today. I said, I got some crops. Somebody say bumper crops. Oh, I decree that blessings are coming our way that we can't fathom. Now unto him who's able to do exceedingly abundantly above all we can ever ask. Good God Almighty, my seed, come on, take your seat, is not in the barn. And there's a promise of blessings. My olive trees, my pomegranate trees, go back and read it. I studied it. They have all grown now, and I'm ready to have everything God says I'm supposed to have. I prophesy you'll see me on national television real soon. Because I got TV seed. You see me every day. But I got TV seed. I have campus too any day. Well, I just, I just built another campus. Y'all, y'all gonna get this later on. Oh, hallelujah! I, I have it any day because do I have any help? What about a beach house? If, if you help build God's house, do you think you can? And it's landing. In the name of Jesus, Father, I thank you right now. It won't be long. I thank you, God, that it's officially done. It already exists, and she will hear about it. In the matter of days. Thank you, in Lord. Jesus. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. What? Oh, I shout because it's landing for you too. Hallelujah. I say shout because it's landing for you too. Glory to God. Man, God, I sense an anointing in here. Seed is in the ground. It's not in the barn. Even the more conferences. How many conferences have we had? Between the two churches, seed, time, harvest, extra offering, one more offering. Can we give some? What about the speaker? My God, you ought to be able to release your faith. That seed you put in Pastor Goo. I'm going to tell you something. Take your seed. And this is not said dishonorably. This is actually true. Y'all know every seed produces after its own kind. Can I tell you why? No dishonor on this. You know why the air in here works so well? Your pastor. So HVAC, seed. And the pop ghoul for he went to heaven. Our air condition is going to always work. Yes, sir. Did <laughs> y'all get that? It's going to always be cool in the house of the kingdom. 
And people say, oh, that's, oh, that's too far. See, you, you're not thinking, you're not thinking, amen, that clear. No, if I give ear seed, I ought to get, God Almighty, I ought to have some air conditioner units that are working in the sanctuary. And they are. I sold building seed. How many of y'all know you got a building? Because you built somebody else's parking lot. Somebody say amen. Because you built somebody else's community building. Somebody say amen. There is seed in the ground. It's not in the barn. Open up your mouth, decree it, and establish it. And praise God for the harvest coming your way. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Take your seat. And I was not man of God being dishonored. I'm serious. I mean, seeds that we planted out there. Folk who ain't even ask us for seeds. Pop was, was working on his HVAC, something like a half a million dollar project or something like that, and we just got wind of it and sent significant seed. I still got the text from him where, where he said, oh, wow. That was one of his favorite things to say to us. Oh, wow, man. man. And then he called you and said, I looked at that seed. I said, wow, man. <laughs> then if he was giving you some advice, he would tap himself and say, in my opinion. That's how I would do it. Just a memory lane, man of God. Yeah, but we got seed in the ground. Your pastor's anointed. My pastor's anointed. I got seed in the ground. Amen. Somebody say amen. So, man of God, with that in mind, let's just keep it simple today. We don't, we don't do a lot of heavy lifting. I won't be long, but I will be thorough. Is that okay? Because the people you have evangelized to, they got seed in their heart. Y'all going to get this. Last night, I'm preparing to come preach, just getting up before the Lord, and that wonderful home that uh, First Lady found for us, my God, this is a great house there. And, I, I, and it gave me the opportunity to escape to a pad up, up there in the upper room, I'm going to call it. And one of the people, Mom, that I ministered to two weeks ago outside of the church, you all saw him, a young couple. The man reached out to me last night. He had already come to church two weeks ago, but he reached out last night to just kind of talk through some things. Now, watch this. It was then my opportunity and job, Deja, to nourish that crop because the seed was in the ground. The seed is in his heart. He knows he needs to be at KCC. But it's incumbent upon me, because I'm helping you grow this church, it's incumbent upon me to now go and nurse that. I couldn't say, no, I got to study and pray. No, let's talk. What's going on? What you got happening? And hence, discipleship. That's what making a disciple is all about. I told KCC, many of us, we want to go take a track. We want to take one of the pastor's many books, and we want to go eat at Ruth Chris and fling it at the waiter. Isn't that right, nephew? And that's all I had to do. You know, I did my job. I took a partner job, you know, and then pastor let us off the hook when he said, you can be a partner without being a member. So I, I yeah, they don't even got to come. I'm just going to get them, read this and consider partnering. And guys, that is not going to make a disciple. When your olive tree grows, you got to go back and harvest the olives. That's what's in there. That's the whole concept of Haggai 2 and 19. Once you get the seed out of the barn, those of you who planted all these financial seeds, you see me flipping back and forth between your blessing and the church and the kingdom blessing? Once you put your seed in the ground, you don't leave here this week having gotten in the double portion line last night and just act as if nothing happened. You keep speaking over that offering. Bible says in Psalm, I believe 67 and 8, that you praise him and command the earth to yield his harvest, yield her increase. That's when it's going to occur. And there are plenty of believers that have the in-kind heart to plant, but don't have the know-how on how to harvest. And that's my assignment before I go back to Charlotte. Because the seed is not in the barn. Now, for a few of you in the room, the seed might be in the barn. And I'm going to show you how I know. There are three reasons why people have not harvested, and we're going to look at a few accentuating scriptures, talk about how God sustains, and then we're going to let you go. Are you still here? <clears throat> I said, are you still here? Three reasons why people have not harvested. Number one, they've not sown. So for some people, the seed really is in the barn. Amen. And pastor, why, why is that a crucial point? Because I cannot harvest where I've not planted. 
They've not sown to get a soul or a disciple. But then when it comes down to real financial impact, really, 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 really giving the kind of money that's going to get you a harvest, harvest, many people, not all, many people can't get there. It is sufficient to give God this, but I won't give him that. I've done well, you know, I gave my offerings. Yeah, I put some in every offering. What did you put in every offering? And this is where it gets rich. Was it the seed that God was calling for during that offering? It gets quiet on that point. We were jumping out of our seat about the crop. But if I had determined I was going to give a certain amount this morning in an offering, and the next question from a man of God, I didn't say from a person, a man of God is a simple question of how many of you in here could double it? It's a rhetorical question because the assumption is God is now saying, trust me by doubling it. Because the harvest ain't really as much in the seed all the time as much as it is in the obedience to the voice taking the seed. We've all done this. We've looked at members from time to time who we know could stand with $1,000. We know they could, unexplicable, with no hesitation. But there's just something about that offering that I don't know just didn't register with them. They just couldn't come through on that. And you need to understand that that is one of the greatest crop robbers you can come up against. Mm -hmm. Just a moment, even in the service. Y'all, you can get quiet on me if you want to. Either you're listening or you disagree. Either way, I'm good. Amen. The bottom line is a spirit of oppression will come on you when God wants you to get active. God will tell you to minister to a person and a spirit will come on you to oppress that event. I was in the boot store. I think they may have went back already yesterday. I had already bought me a new pair of, of, uh, of cowboy boots, nephew, and just having a good time. And the Lord told me, go back and minister. Now we helping you get the crop of souls. Y'all see me flip-flopping back? Yeah, go back and minister to that man that just sold you those boots. You need to evangelize to him. I said, I don't, I'm, I'm good. I, I, I'm, I'm good, Lord. I, you know, I've been preaching all week. <laughs> Can you get somebody else this time? I think I ought to have a little reprieve today. I didn't tell him all that. I only said that to you to make you laugh, right? But I went back to him after a little hesitation, and I engaged him, had a conversation, talked about my brother who pastors in Houston and all that kind of good stuff. Watch the supernatural kick in. Do you have a member by the name of Carter? Officer Carter goes to my church. This same man starts talking to me about Officer Carter, who was in there a day or two ago, who also had a conversation. Out of all the places in Houston, you can sit on this, you don't have to clap, you don't have to do anything, it don't have to register, it can be something like, yeah, yeah, that happens all the time. Carter had asked me about that store a week or two ago. I told him where that store was. Out of all of the places by which he could have gone the day before I went, and all of the sales associates who could have waited on him, and all of the moments by which that man could have been at lunch when I came into that store, out of all of that, he had talked to two preachers in a row. One man plants, another man waters. But God... So come on, wait, wait, before you clap too much, at a certain point, we're going to have to start leaning on the supernatural relative to our evangelism and understand that what we're doing with people is not futile. It's not a waste of time. You're going to talk to somebody that Sister Tamisi already spoke to in the third largest city in the country because God is going to prearrange steps. Come on. Ephesians 2 and 10. He is going to prearrange steps to help people live the good life. The steps of a good man. All about the Lord. That's not just a saved man. That's a man on his way to being good. That's a man on his way to your church. That's a man on his way to being a pastor's assistant. A good man. I want her saved. I want that. None should perish. But we're going to have to start leaning on the supernatural more. 
If I had went and got back on the van, Pastor, I wouldn't have known nothing about that moment. I would not have touched that man. He would not be on his way to KCOH. Come on, somebody. He would not be on his way to genuine salvation. He would not have already talked to one of my ministers a day or two earlier. We're not even from Texas. What's that? We got to start leaning on supernatural. Supernatural. We got to start believing Pastor told me about the time when I was down here preaching. I'm telling a few stories because I'm not rushing through this. Amen. It's not always about 100 scriptures. Y'all know that? Sometimes you got to get the revelation. Amen. And uh, I'll I never forget being down here two, three years ago and just started talking to the young man who was the valet. Amen. And just conversating with him and just telling him about Jesus. Guys, I wasn't so sure he took anything I said in. One night I'm watching your pastor preach back at the old church. He calls for prayer, people to come down for prayer. That exact young man that I had spoken to three, four months ago, somehow, some way, had made his way to my brother's church. How does that happen? You will not harvest just because you fling the church name out there. You're not going to harvest just because you talk about what God might be able to do for somebody. You're going to harvest because of the persuasion. With the fear of God, I persuade man and I put evangelistic prayer on it and I bind that oppressive spirit that wants to stop me from doing the same. Same thing with your money. I'm flip-flopping back and forth. You're not going to harvest just because you've sown. You will harvest because you've sown and you've taken a posture of expectation, believing that you receive, amen, increase, abundance, and overflow, and knowing that your seed is not in the barn, your seed is in the ground, and you're going to harvest any day now. And if you believe you receive that, shout hallelujah off of that point. Amen. So, man of God, they, they've not sown number one, and they put it on the screen. Thank you, Sister Diamond. I know I gave you a bunch of notes, but I want to I give you three ways to harvest because the first reason why people have not harvested, amen, is because their seed really is still in the barn. Your best seed. Can I give you a Bible for it? We're not going all these scriptures. You write it, read it later. And uh, Acts chapter 5, amen, Ananias and Sapphira did not get in trouble because they didn't give money. That was not the issue. I'm going to help you with something. They got in trouble because they didn't give the money that God wanted. They didn't give the money that was earmarked for the kingdom of God. And many people are wondering why they have not reaped yet, but the bottom line is they have not sown. And I wrote this in parentheses or in quotations that getting seed out of the barn, take your time, Pastor, will occur with a couple of things, a couple of realizations. Number one, thankfulness. Thankfulness. Thankfulness will cause you to sow. You will sow more exorbitantly the more thankful you become. Saw Sister Diamond's hand fly in the air. That blesses me. Amen. You know why that blesses me, Sister Diamond? Because the revelation is, is I realize the impact that this ministry has had on my life. So I'm so thankful. And it makes me want to give. I am compelled to give my money. I'm compelled to bring a soul in. Thankfulness will get seed out of the barn. If you ever have a moment to where you just can't give, think about when you was oppressed, depressed, down and out, disheveled, didn't have anything right. And you came into the kingdom on one faithful night and the Lord PJ got all the scales off your eyes and it will make you thankful. And that's why you give all those $10,000 offerings you get. Yeah, because I know you're thankful. Thankfulness will make you do that. It will open up the barn. Father, I realize I didn't put myself where I am today. I'm thankful, y'all. When I come to my brother's church, I give so much because I'm just grateful for how the Lord used them down through the years. 57000 from me and my wife's own coffers, 77000 from from our church. Well, well how, how does that happen? Something like $114,000, amen. And, and y'all know we don't have a board to tell us what we're going to give, right? So how does that happen? It happens in response to gratefulness. Yes. And appreciation and thankfulness. Come on, don't get tight on me. It'll make you open up. That's right, Pat. You got the revelation. It'll make you open up the barn doors and get the seed out of the barn. Y'all still with me? 
Amen. The second reason, though, that, 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 um, that, that, that's going to help you to open up the barn, or, or, or if you will, I'm still on number one, B, amen, is first of all, or secondly, rather, a letter B, rather, remember, you've got money. Now, we can really have some fun here, Pastor. I'm not, I'm going to press on that. Everybody say, you got money. No, say it this way, letter A. You got money. Amen. Say it this way, letter A. Let me look around the room. I got money. If you didn't say that, you should at least say it by faith. Let's try it one more time. Letter B. I got money. Now, Revelation knowledge is getting ready to flow freely. Look at Mark 12 and 44, NIV uh, brothers and sisters in the back that I gave you, please. Mark 12 and 44. Man, God, can I just take my time this last day? Oh, my God. I, I got to get this out of my heart. They all gave Melvin out of their wealth. Is that good, nephew? Everybody skips to the widow with the two mites and celebrates the fact that she gave all she had. And that is the main storyline. That is what we should focus on because what God, what Jesus was trying to teach us is the nature and magnitude of our heart in this context. He's trying to say that you should put your heart in the giving. Amen. It's not so much about the amount, but this lady gave the greatest amount because she gave, like my sister on the stage the other night, the last $100 she had. She gave all she had. But there the Lord opened up my eyes as I was studying for this service. And it showed me to me a week or two ago that there are people in our congregations, though, even on a quote-unquote bad day, that ought to be able to give out of their wealth. I'll use one of my sons in ministry lest I be invasive because he won't mind. Melvin, honestly, straight up and down. If I said to you, Brother Mel, could you give me $100? Uh, would you be able to do that? Yes, sir. If I said, um, you got five, I can hold and just keep. Would you be able to do that? What about 1000 You could do that right now, couldn't you? Right. So it would not be giving out of an area that's going to be so imposed upon. I'm trying to teach us how to stay in. Come on. There are going to be offerings and moments in the kingdom to where, is that good, Cassie? You're just going to come in and you're going to give out of your... God, that's rich. Because you're going to keep increasing and it's going to keep churning and come back in. Furthermore, your pastor's not burdened anyway, but we talking about how to stay in. What if we just be in so much surplus? Somebody say amen. And we in so much overage and we get free and we're on 80 different TV stations. And that happens when we train people in the kingdom of God how to give out of their wealth. You will give out of your lack to get started. That's what the church of Macedonia did. They gave out of their lack. The Bible says that. They didn't have it yet. But you keep working that kingdom system. Amen. Conference after conference, you're going to, as the man of God say, break the back of lack. Amen. You're going to get that seed that's going to birth you into a whole new domain. And at a certain point, you will just be able to give $1,000 whenever you get ready out of your wealth. Somebody shout hallelujah in the house of God. No press. Isn't that right? Now, these people in this verse, they didn't go to hell. They were not in trouble with Jesus. No. Nothing happened to them of an adverse nature. He was proving a point that the widow with the, the young lady with the mites gave her last. You're going to do that first. <laughs> yeah, you're going to have a moment where you're going to have to give it up. Woo! If you're going to break through and increase, no, you're going to give it up. <laughs> have you been there, man of God? I believe a few of us can testify that we gave it up before. Now, you're going to give it up, amen, if you're going to break. I'm talking about breaking the back of lack. Now, if you don't want to break the back of lack, just cut me off for the rest of this message because it's not for you. But I'm talking about if you really want to come up in your money, there will be one faithful day, one faithful offering where you trust God more than you trust yourself. More than you trust your own resources, and you are going to give it all up. This is an anointed point. But once you do that, at a certain place in kingdom growth, come on, kingdom, uh, what was it, kingdom dynamics, kingdom economics? Yeah, kingdom dynamics, at a certain place, you really are going to get yeah. in that spot. Yeah. 
And let me see the hands of people that's ready to go in that spot. Come on, because the seed ain't in the barn. Somebody say, amen. It's time to harvest. Oh, give me two more points, Pastor. Come on, let's get it. Let's get it. Let's get it. Let's plow today. Y'all all right? Come on, let Silver Corral wait. Come on. Let's walk through this. Hallelujah. The Bible says, for they, can you put the New Living Translation up, Sister Diamond? For they gave, they gave, look at the bottom part of that. They gave a tiny part of their surplus. That's what your faith ought to be on. That's the revelation. The revelation is, Father, make me so abundant, overflowed, that when I get ready, me and God can say whatever. Well, there's some people here with a thousand. Yeah, I got two. Can you double that? Sure. Because it's just a tiny. But, but that's a mindset you got to break. You got you to get out of that stinking, low thinking, all of that stuff. I just barely getting by. No, I'm not going to barely get by. Hallelujah. I'm going to give when I get ready to give. Oh, hallelujah. I'm going to have more than enough when I need to have more than enough. This will just be a tiny part of my surplus. I've given strong this week, but I want you to know it's been a tiny part. Don't get mad at me. Hey Amen. I'm, I'm, I'm getting close to, I think I'm at about 20, 20K already. And uh, you know what? It, it, and I'll give again before I leave. But it's a tiny part. <laughs> Hallelujah. And, and newsflash, it ain't all church money either. A lot of pastors love to get a church money. I'm talking about your, your own. Do I have help in the room? Anybody sense the anointing on this message? I, I do. I don't know if it's helping anybody else. It's helping me. Three reasons why people haven't harvested. Number one, they or, or they, 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 they've not sown, rather. Number one, and letter A under number one was what? Thankfulness. Thankfulness will cause you to sow. I couldn't have a baby until I came at KCOH, somebody would say. And I'm so thankful. And you can make a pledge. Man, every time the pastor raises an offering, girl, we getting in on it. <laughs> it got quiet on that. I, I didn't even have a car until I came over here, but I'm so thankful. Amen. So if he raised offering and I got it. Because if you got it and you don't give it, Shonda, what is that? It, it can only be a spirit of oppression. If God tells you to evangelize the man at the booth store and you won't do it, newsflash, the devil ain't never told you to evangelize. Yeah, that's true. Never. He is never. I was at the breakfast club yesterday and a few of our sweet members rolled up and, and I, was, I was out there and I had the idea. I called pastor. I said, man of God, you know what you could do with all of these sweet black people gathering in one spot every day, especially on a Saturday when there is a line under tents. I said, man of God, respectfully send four of your members down there. Watch this. You're not solicited. Tell them go ahead and eat. Amen. Y'all get a meal and anybody you could talk to in that 45 minute wait while you under that tent, go ahead and talk to them. Give them a little QR code on a very small slip of paper. Call me. Do you understand the people I ministered to at the breakfast club? I talked to the owner yesterday about Jesus at the breakfast club. Me and him had a good dialogue about his need to know who Jesus is. You ready for this? What happens if the owner of the breakfast club gets born again, joins this church? Man, y'all ain't saying nothing. What is the next big thing in Houston? He coming, his money coming, the people he know coming. Y'all going to 18 different campuses. Everybody's getting on staff that's in the room today. Everybody's being blessed. Because you won one person. Now, I spoke to the owner. <laughs> I spoke to one of his workers and just ministered Christ to her. Amen. By the time I got done with her, she said, you my pastor. <laughs> she said. She said, you my pastor. Come on, take your seat. Gave her $50 and watch her start using kingdom language. This is how you know she was simply backsliding. She said, I pray the Lord return it to you a thousand times. Now, where'd she get that from? Some church. All you got to do is go to the olive trees that have already, good God of mine, they already been grown somewhere and bring them into the kingdom. Uh, 
she was in church, she just left church. <laughs> it's quiet. Amen, amen. Come on, shout if you know you got the victory in harvesting. Oh, man. Number two. That's a great lead into number two. Is that okay, Pastor? They're like, D, right? Just go down there and get something to eat. Get a pancake. Right? Yeah. Number two. Come on, let's walk through. We're going to let you go home. Number one, they've not sown. Everybody say, you got to get the seed out the barn. Amen. I got a funny feeling we're going to give you an opportunity to get the seed out the barn. Amen. Amen. Number two, this is rich. They don't know where to reap. Breakfast Club, go to 2 Chronicles 26. <laughs> Good God, everybody. They don't know where to reap. Y'all, I promise you I am preaching the right message today. Yes, sir. And I'm telling you how I know because many of you in here, you have sown and or you have tried to win somebody to Christ or you are believing God to give birth to some of the greatest blessings in your life personally, but you just don't know where to reap. Now, King Uzziah, over in 2 Chronicles 26, and I will not be much longer, but I will be thorough. In verse number four, let's start there. We talked about moral character. Y'all remember how to sustain? Y'all remember that? Yeah, well, let's look at it. The Bible says, and he did what was right. 2 Chronicles 26 and 4, y'all got that in your Bible? He did what was what? Right. right. He did what was right. That's what verse 4 says. I'm coming to verse 5. But he did what was right in the sight of the Lord according to all that his father Amaziah had done. And this is the revelation of knowing where to reap. This is going to help you reap your crop. Amen. Bible says in verse number 5, amen, that uh, he sought God. In the days of Zechariah, who had understanding in the visions of God. Here's how you harvest your money and souls. And as long as he sought the Lord, God made him prosper. Knowing where to read. Can you break that down in contemporary language? I am a pastor who happens to be a therapist who happens to own a real estate firm, who happens to have done consulting down through the years. It is a crucial catch, stay with me now, to know that if God put those graces and giftings on you, a big part of where you're going to reap your harvest off a of seed sown is by two things. Number one, working your kingdom assignment, pastor. Right? Number two, working those other complementary streams of income entities that God has given you. Therapist, real estate broker, consultant. You work those areas, and as a result, that's where you're going to harvest. But a big reason why people have not harvested is because they've not paid attention to what we've taught and preached down through the years is that it is crucial. Don't move too fast through this. It is crucial for you to find out your assignment. Because as you seek ye first the kingdom of God, come on, Maria, and his righteousness that you are an evangelist, a Levite that works on a church campus, that works in summer camp, that works in a cafe building, that will work in a grace house, the Lord say the thing. As you do all of that stuff, what is God going to ultimately do? Fundamentally, you're going to increase. Are y'all getting this? You're going to go up, up, up. Isn't that right, Melba? Things are going to work. More and more is going to come, but it is coming because you have sought the Lord how? Continually, and you prosper. Now, here's a hook in the story you need to be thoughtful of. If you seek the Lord continually and it is time to stop doing something, that is also important to prosper. See, I used to consult with the NFL for many years, enough years, I would say, probably five or six, right? A lot of people say, man, that's prestigious. That's wonderful. You get to go to all the Super Bowls. You do this, you do that. In fact, I came to the one in Houston and preached for my, he let me preach that Sunday. I remember that. All right, good money, all those kinds of things. But there became a time in that journey where they didn't stop me. God said, stop. For whatever reason, God said, that jig is up. I end it. 
that contract in that season. Whatever God was doing, I'm calling you to more time in ministry. I'm calling you, I want you to spend a little more time in your practice, whatever the case may be, but I want you to stop. Continually seeking the Lord is not only going to tell you where to harvest, but it's also going to tell you where not to harvest. Because if you spend time doing something that you should not be doing, the thing that God really wants to bless you through won't be growing the way that it should be growing, and as a result, you're still missing a crop. Crop was coming in, but you weren't there to harvest it. <laughs> Y'all going to get this. Crop coming in, but you don't got time to harvest. Y'all going to get this. Crop coming in, but you need time to sit. You know, I'll use myself in pastoring. You know, one of the reasons why I need to be in full-time ministry with a practice, with all these other things. Because, man, I need, I need to be able to go to my office on a Tuesday and Thursday and sit with the people of God. It's time for that. That's how that crop is going to you need to be able to do your leadership calls on, on, on in the morning with pastor and then get on a leadership call with your pastor at night at 6. Well, if I got to go in third shift, where I'm supposed to be. So that's why you got to continually do what? What you got to do there? You got to continually seek the Lord. What is God saying today that he might not be saying tomorrow? And for the record, that is not KCC and KCOH. You talking about, Pastor, my season is up. No, you in the right crop. You, you in the right field. Amen. In fact, this where you're going to be blessed. It'll make you rich if you don't stop the blessing. That is not what I'm saying. What I am saying, James, is we got to get contrite, we got to do what's right, and we got to continuously seek the Lord, and he's going to tell us what to do and what not. God, this is good this morning. Everybody say, we're learning how to harvest. Somebody say, we're learning how to harvest. There are three reasons why people have not harvested, y'all. This is not a hoop it out. This is didactic. Number one, they've not sown. Number two, they don't know where to reap. They haven't continuously sought the Lord. And then number three, they've not implemented the vision that God gave. Go to Joshua 1, 8. Come on, come on, come on. Let's get as much in as we can. I got 12 minutes. Joshua 1, 8. Come on. Good God of my Man of God, this word is burning in me so much. I'm telling you. Joshua 1, 8. And church, this is how we pack our churches out. Pack them out. Because you just know how to stay on it. You know where to harvest. I got down there at that breakfast club. I said, man, the harvest is ripe. I called your pastor, literally. He and I started talking. I think he called me. And I said, man of God, I'm looking at all of your members wrapped around this building. You know where them people belong. Now, watch this. Implementation. I said they've not implemented the vision. This is where it's going to get good because now we're going to get rid of all of that pseudo-Christianity. Y'all know what pseudo-Christianity is? Faking it. Oh, yeah, that's right. Hallelujah. Oh, yeah, yeah, we got to do that. <laughs> Woo! God, I can do that. All right, all that extra stuff. Okay, let's get rid of that this morning. How many people over the next, I'm talking about Houston, 14 days will take a trip to the breakfast club? 14 days. There it is. There it is. That's, that's all I want to see. All right? Just over the next 14 days. All right. I will not rebuke the man of God's congregation. He could do that. But my, my own feel is, is if you can't make a trip over the next 14 days and we just spent 17 minutes on it, how about I don't clap on any other point I got about your money coming to you? Because until you seek first the team of God and his righteousness, guess what? None of these other things... <laughs> They not y'all. I'm sorry, man. God, please rebuke this when you get up. But guys, it ain't coming until you get about the things of God. Until you get serious about God's stuff. Until you take the word and say, I'm not only a hearer of the word, but a doer also. It's not coming. I don't even want to mislead you this morning. It got quiet off of that point. It ain't coming, y'all. I'm telling you, and I'm anointed. I'm a man of God. I forbid it to come. I'm not joking. It's not coming. Amen. Do y'all understand why we gather? We gather to enhance and improve you and help you get better and help you come around the corner and finally get it. And at a certain point, you're going to have to leave these doors and go do two things that your pastor says. 
God, this is revelatory. Pastor, we can play the tape from Friday when we was all shouting at the end. That might lighten things up. If I did anything wrong, forgive me, man of God. And I really mean that. I'm not being flippant in that. Amen. Joshua chapter 1. Somebody say amen. amen. Joshua 1 and 7. Only be strong and very what? Courageous. That you may observe to do. That you may observe to do. Now at a certain point, dear, we're going to have to do this, Lauren. We're going to have to observe Bryson to do. We're not gathering because it's neat. We gathering to do. I got to implement that vision. I got to observe to do. And what's going to happen? Y'all reading the same Bible I'm reading? What verse we on? Look at verse number eight. This book of the law shall not depart from your mouth, but you should meditate it day and night that you may observe to do all that's written in it. For then, who's going to do it? You. you will make your way prosper. That's right, Cassie. I'm going to do it. You're going to do it. Do you know if I did not start Kingdom Christian Church 13, 14 years ago, it would not have started. <laughs> it would not. It would not. I would not be here today. I say this in a non-flipping way. I would not be up here wearing a nice tailored suit. Amen. I would not. None of this would be happening because I did not observe If I didn't go down and fight city council over the rezoning of my counseling practice, I would not have a bunch of ladies back at home working while I'm in Houston. If I did not go to real estate school when I was in college my junior year, amen, I would not, would not, would not have a real estate uh, license today. I say it humbly, and I would not be testifying about I don't know how many properties we sold. I say that humbly. Are y'all listening to me? I would not be here saying that today. I hope I didn't get on y'all's nerves. I hope you're still happy. Because the truth is, until you do, 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 do. No, you can't hear a man of God come and start talking about go down there and evangelize and not at least, and we not trying faith. Somebody say amen. We going by faith. Pastor, I'll come back with three new members. They got lines around the building. I have three new members next week. 14 days, Pastor Rogers. I only need one. <laughs> Ms. Gould said it so well. Obedience is uh, not, not that I'm going, it's that I've gone. <laughs> How fast are you moving? I'm already doing it. I've gone. I've moved. Amen. What's the next step? Yes, Pastor Ronnie, come and tell me, man, the Lord's been dealing with me on something. You mean the man who the Lord dealt with me on something over the last however many years of my life? And I'm looking at him cross-eyed. No, sir. Yes, sir. What's the Lord telling you? Yeah. Share it. I want to know. It's getting apostolic for a minute. So I say, I want to know. Yeah, because then you are going to make your way prosperous. I'm down to six minutes. You're going to make your way prosperous. Deuteronomy 28 and 12. He will bless the workings of your hands. These are the reasons why people have not harvested off of the seeds that have been off the barn. They've not sown. They don't know where to reap. And they've not what? Implemented vision. Now, before we close this up, let's just understand that ultimately God is the one who sustains. Go to Deuteronomy chapter 8. Oh, hallelujah. Hallelujah. Come on, if you're a member of one of our churches, look at the person next to you and say, I'm going to obey my pastor. Come on, tell somebody else on the other side, no, I'm going to obey the man of God. <laughs> tell somebody else, I want to be blessed. Man, I want to be blessed. <laughs> Amen. Everybody say the power of God sustains. Oh, man. So every commandment which I command you today, you must be careful to observe. That you may live in what? Multiply. I wonder, can we stop parenthetically? Are we careful to observe? Deuteronomy 8 and 1. They, 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 every command that I command you today, they got on the screen. You must be what? Careful to observe. What are we talking about today? We talking about harvesting? Are we not talking about harvesting? And I know the Bible. This is about these people multiplying, but it was also about their goods multiplying because they were on their way to the promised land That's right. where the grapes were too big for one person to carry. Yes, sir. 
And God says it here, man of God. He said, you be careful to observe that you may live and what? Multiply and go in and possess the land which the Lord your father swore to you. And you should remember that the Lord your God led you this way. Sustainability. The Lord your God led you this way. Sustainability. How long, God? 40 years. Should the Lord delay his coming? In 40 years, this building will still be here in your possession. Because of the principles we are teaching today. 40 years. It'll belong to you. It'll still be here. Did y'all know that churches are not to foreclose? Ever? Ever? I know you see a lot of that going on out there. Can we give y'all a revelation on that? Amen. Uh, why are our churches still flourishing financially? Why are our churches so optimally? Why are our churches doing so well? Because when the Lord said, forsake not the uh, assembly of yourselves together, even more as you see the day approaching during COVID, you know what we kept doing? Obeying God. And once we started obeying God, God funded our vision. Y'all are going to get this. Y'all, because we obeyed God, are you getting this? We building buildings that free in COVID or saving $400,000 in COVID because we obey God. Our stuff don't go under. All these, how many years? 40 years. Pastor, I got to show us this man of God. Because God is saying, I will sustain you. And he says in verse number 10, verse number 4, your garments did not wear out. Do y'all see that? Your garments did not wear out, nor did your foot swell all of these 40 years. Are y'all seeing that? Nothing you wore, nothing you had, your buildings, nothing you got. Now, we're not going to be disobedient like Israel, but nothing we have as we are following God is going to wear out. It's going to be there. Somebody say amen. All right, you got to see it. Jeremiah, come on, 29. Come on. <laughs> Woo, Jesus. Is this all right, man of God? Oh, hallelujah. Jeremiah 29, let's go. Man, and if nothing more, let me plant this. And, uh, and, and you all, you know, do what you want with it later. But I'm just telling you, this is my assignment. I know this is accurate. The revelation for us in this ministry is sustainability. Yeah. And I'm not just talking about Texas. I'm talking about Charlotte. I'm talking about anywhere we go. We got to have the revelation of how to keep something. Yeah. How many people here, you ever saw a ministry get something three, four years later, you say, what happened? Right. Because they had no revelation of sustainability. No revelation. And that first point about character, Eli would have had his stuff if he didn't let his sons be off the hook. Character, character, character. Soul purification. Sometimes you got to clean up. Sometimes you need deliverance. Somebody say amen. That'll help you. I thank God for passing along all the time. He's talking about weird people when he come up. You know, he is a witch specialist. I tell him, please, man of God, get him out of my church. Can you walk down the aisle and say something? Just say something. Just If they look at you wrong, say something. Do me a favor. You want sustainability. Because if you don't get contaminants out, get, you know what contaminants do? Contaminate. It's getting real strong in here. I said contaminants do what? I love his favorite word, which has become my favorite word. What'd you come for? I want y'all to think about Thursday night. Some of you who came down, got in prayer. Got the very thing you was dealing with called out. And still would not come forth. I felt it in the room. But y'all, I'm not afraid. I'm not down and out. I'm not bothered. I'm okay. Do you know I ministered salvation to a person two weeks ago? Y'all edit this part of the tape, and you let us know if this is true. Not 86. It's two weeks ago. Did that happen, Sister Rogers? Yeah. Some of us need that fear of God when you step into, and see, this is the anointed part of the message. When you step into our presence, cars falling on people, all that kind of stuff, you start stepping in, into that anointing. No, I'm going to warn you, because you're not at any kind of facility. When you start talking to Peter and Paul, you are having a Holy Ghost encounter. And lying to the Holy Ghost is the most dangerous thing, my sister, that you can ever do. Got me? 
Very important. Yeah. Yeah. I'm glad there's some head nods over here. Because lying to the Holy Ghost is very dangerous. Pastor, I'm closing. Very dangerous. No, that, 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 that brother is in a morgue. I assume his funeral was this week. That make a lot of sense, Mom, on a message on how the harvest does it. Yeah. It's so profound that when I got in Bible study, he sent me a text message that was off color. The next day, he, he wasn't here anymore. That's two weeks ago. Is that true, Sister Rogers? Yeah. So see, I'm trying to help some of y'all because what's, what's going to sustain your life is, is, is to learn, amen, that come on, us, you can't touch the holy cart any kind of way. When you meet these people of God, when you've been exposed to this level of ministry, it is a moment. It is a moment. I used to hear him say it down through the years. When people bump into me, the clock starts. And sometimes that clock is shorter. Then you may think, man of God, I hope I didn't mess nothing up, but I'm almost done. Psalm 105.37 says, there was not one feeble among them. Not one sick, not one poor, not one broke. Somebody say amen. amen. We close with this. Sustainability. God wants us kept. Jeremiah 29 says it so well. Come on. And I know some of y'all still stuck on that story. I hope it registers. Because this is serious. Somebody said, man, I'm going to the breakfast club. They open today? <laughs> Pastor, you told me evangelize some people. I think I'm going to do that on Monday, Pastor Long. Yeah, he shouldn't have to preach a 19-week series <laughs> on get a disciple. Thank you, Brother Pat. I shouldn't have to preach 84 weeks. Come on, guys. I'm not mad at you. I love you. Give me a hug after service. Jeremiah 29, somebody say, but I'm not decreasing. We'll finish here, man of God. That's enough. Thus saith the Lord of hosts, the God of Israel, all who were carried away captive, whom I've caused to be carried away from Jerusalem to Babylon, build houses and dwell in them, plant gardens and do what? Eat their fruit. Get your new churches. And while you're getting your new churches, get your new houses. Get married. Oh, get, get into uh, those wonderful revelations on how to get a wife that, 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 that waiting, dating, mating, and all these wonderful things, Right? God said, do all that kind of good stuff. Can we end on a good note? He said, take wives, beget sons and daughters. Take wives for your sons and give your daughters to your husband so that they may bear sons and daughters. Here it is, that you might increase and not decrease. Everybody say, I will not decrease. Sustainability 101, I will increase and not now that we're in our new building, you know what's next? Increase and not decrease. You know why I tell those stories, some of them stories God doesn't give us liberty to tell? Holy Ghost brought that one up. I tell them stories because it's people in this room right now. You need to be a little more careful with the things of God. Remember, they replaced the hot bread right away. A little more careful about how you manage the things of God, the people of God, the men of God, the wisdom of God, and anointed environments. As we all stand, I'm going to do two things today well, two things very well. I know we did a lot of ministry this week. My time is up, Pastor. May I have a few minutes just to...